Welcome everyone to our weekly discussion podcast. My name is Pastor Kyle. And I am Pastor Holly. <laughs> Hi, Pastor Holly. Good morning. How are you doing today? I, I am. Uh, I'm doing well. How yeah, are you? I'm good. Doing well. It's yeah. uh, still cold outside, which is great. It's the, really cold. The snow is kind of melting, which I'm a little sad about because, I, I mean, it looks nice. It it actually did look nice for a long, long time. A long time. time. It's yes. really weird because it was, awesome. it was so cold. It really didn't melt and get all sludgy yeah. and everything. So, yeah. And for this is the first time I was just telling somebody um, recently, this is the first time in my memory that we have had significant snow that my kids did not just run out and play in it. Yeah. And I was a little bit sad. Yes, yes, totally. <laughs> they were I know. like, oh, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it was really cold. It was very, very it was like cold. Like in That's the mid-20s. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it was a lot of fun. I'm kind of sad it's gone now. But, you know, it's good. It's still good. Yeah. Maybe maybe it'll snow again. I hope white, so. White Christmas. That would be so great. I, I mean, we are. This is the third week of Advent already. It's, yes, we're, right around the corner. <laughs> I keep telling my wife. So... Yeah, we, we've been talking about putting lights up on the outside of our house. Yeah. We have some old lights. My wife has always wanted to decorate the outside of our house. Yes. And I just never, I don't know, I'm I'm busy. And honestly, it's I just don't really want to get out there and do that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But this it's year. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But this year, we're going to try to do it. And um, with with the lights outside and other Christmas activities like making cookies and yes. Christmas movies, I keep saying we're running out of December. Yes, so, I know. It's crazy. It's so true. So true. We have not put lights on the outside of our house yet either. We That is something we do every year. And, um, or I should say, that is something my husband does every year. And the rest of us are like, yay, yeah, you that did looks, such a good that's job. That's all a little off. Just yeah. a little to the left. Yeah. <laughs> that one bulb is out. Can yeah, you totally. climb back up and fix that? <laughs> he does a great job, but it hasn't happened yet this year. I mean, you don't really want to be up on the roof yeah. when there's snow up there. Right, totally. So much, at least... That's not our norm here in Washington. Right. Maybe, maybe we're a little wimpy, but we're proud. We're proud. Yeah, probably. You're in Minnesota. Are. You're like what? You're like yeah, yeah. Mid twenties. That's yeah. nothing. That's like shorts weather. <laughs> it's vacation. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Pastor Holly, we are in the third week of our Advent series, and I love the third week of Advent. The third week of Advent is this really cool change. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm I'm still dealing with this cough a little bit. Yeah, it's I'll hanging try, on. Oh man. Try not to <laughs> cough too much. But the third week of Advent, there's this switch uh, from in the story, the scripture story. Typically, the first two Sundays of Advent um, are all about the expectation and longing for the coming Messiah, which still exists in the third and fourth week of Advent. But um, the scripture typically goes from a focus in the Old Testament scriptures and switches to the New Testament, Yes, which I think is really fun, because then you actually get to read the stories of Jesus's birth, and I don't know, it feels more like what you expect at Christmas time. Yeah, it's like you you can you can see the light. It's not only in Advent we talk about like waiting in the dark and and I think as we approach Christmas and those final weeks of Advent, it's you can see this light in yeah. the distance, right? And and um there is um yeah, there is a switch. You're right, and it's really uh fun to see like we know that uh that Jesus is coming. And it's yeah. imminent and yes. we're we're ready. Yes. Yeah. And, and I love how we do that in in um uh, in worship services yeah. too, because what it means is we get to light the pink candle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pink candle, which is really fun. I love the pink candle. I get questions about the pink candle every year. Yeah. Um, and so I like to share, we obviously like to share about it because we want people to understand what it is. So uh, if, if you follow kind of the traditional Advent colors, right, you've got three purple candles, one pink candle, and then a white candle right. or some variation of different colors. But one of them is typically a different color than the rest. Right. Other than the white uh, 
the white candle, which always represents Christ. That's right. the Christ candle. Right. So the pink color, um, it's actually rose. Yes. And uh, it's a word. The word is gaudete, which means two things. It means joy, mm-hmm. rejoicing, and it's a word for the color rose. So it's really cool. Uh, so there's a there's a, a visual shift in Advent on the third week to joy in the waiting, expectation, yeah. rejoicing. And it's the first week typically that we hear the story of Jesus' birth. Right. Uh, so, oh, so great. That's so love cool. It. I love it. Because it's kind of funny if you look at like an Advent wreath from a design perspective, you're like, what is you're that like, that's pink terrible. candle doing yeah, there? Totally. Three purple and one pink. What is going Like a four-year-old girl designed <laughs> yeah. this? But it has deep meaning. It's yes, really cool. It has yeah. deep meaning. It's really great. So uh, our focus this week is we've been looking at Advent through the family story of Jesus um, and kind of larger, the family story of God, which we are a part of as followers of Jesus. <laughs> we've been asking and kind of reflecting on how does Jesus uh, and the story of, of his working work out in our own families, uh, you know, in, their fam- in our family histories and even now. And so one of the things that we're kind of focusing on as we shift to our, our, our particular focus here, we're looking kind of at, at uh, Matthew 2 this week, the beginning of Matthew 2, and looking at where Jesus came to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all have families. One of the things about our families, both the family of God and our individual families, we all have a place that we're from. Yeah. Like my family is Norwegian. Yes. Right? My last <laughs> name is Wellstad or Velstad, you right. know, in Norway. Uh, my my grandfather came over from Norway with his family, so we always we're a Norwegian family. We yeah. have Norwegian customs that we do and and uh, uh, on the holidays, which is really fun. I think that's so fun. Same, I mean, my family too. My husband's family is Norwegian, yes. so we've kind of adopted some of those practices too. And it's it is it's really fun. And uh, my kids have started asking more about their heritage in that way. And can yeah. we learn more about it? And can we um, embrace that more? Yeah. So. It's really cool and, and I think important in a family to recognize where where you're from. Yeah. So Jesus and his family were from a place as well. And this is one of the things I think that's really powerful about recognizing the type of place that Jesus came from is that Jesus and his, or his oh, Jesus's mom and dad, right, or, or Mary and Joseph, yeah. um, traveled to Bethlehem uh, so that Jesus can be born in, um, in their ancestral home. Right. And so <laughs> there's all this connection to where Jesus's family is from and their family story and their lineage and all that kind of stuff. But Bethlehem at this point in the story is just this small little village. Yes. It has like no notoriety. It's small. Yeah. It's what do we think? Uh, under a thousand people, right? right? Probably at most a thousand people yes. at this, at this point. Yeah. Uh, so there's the, and so I think the power of our focus here this week is the idea that God can work through unexpected places and unsuspecting people. Right. And, and he can do that through people who are powerless or unseen or people who have no name. Right. Yeah, the people in the places that might go completely unnoticed. Those are that's that's where God likes to work. Right. This is such a powerful thing for all of us as we think about this because it means that we all can have a very significant impact in the world for the kingdom of God. We don't have to be people who have important positions or high authority or, you know, a lot of influence in a lot of different arenas. Like normal everyday you and me (laughs) can have 
significant impact for the kingdom of God. God can move powerfully through each of us. Yeah, I mean, I think about the uh, I think about the people who have had the most impact, who have had the most influence in my life, right? And it's it's not uh, people of high influence and power and position, right? We, we might we might look at people who hold uh, significant power, or significant authority, and and um, and and see that and recognize that our lives have been influenced, but it's not in that deep and personal and transformative way right. that uh, that perhaps the that others might have. I'm um, I'm thinking back to just um, people who have influenced me so much. I think about uh, a couple who, when I was in middle school, this couple um, started leading the youth group at my church. Yeah. Uh, small town church in Southern Illinois. Not a, nothing. Nothing. I could tell you the town, and you would have no idea what I was talking yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah. Because like, there's nothing significant there. And uh, this couple took over a youth group. I was in eighth grade, I think. Um, And they were, uh, they were amazing. They were, they came into that position from, I think he was like a coal miner who had uh, been laid off, which was the common story in that Uh area at that time. Um, And uh, just came in full of love for the Lord and just, uh, gave that freely to their students. Yeah. And they were my youth pastors until I graduated high school. And um, and I am in touch with them today. And I will tell you, wow, cool. I am not... Um, that was some time ago. That was a while ago yeah. that I was in youth group, right? Decades <laughs> yes, ago. right, yeah. Um, and we are still in touch, and they are still wow. serving the Lord in a, in a different capacity now, serving uh, serving those who are homeless. And mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I couldn't even begin to describe the impact that they had on yeah. my life just by loving the Lord and then showing that love to us and, and just very formative. Yeah. Um, remarkable, remarkable people who uh, you've never heard of. Yeah. See, and I love the idea because their influence on you impacts your influence on other people. Absolutely. Because of what it did in terms of your your spiritual relationship with with the Lord and your passion and, and wanting to see that worked out. I yes. mean, so the idea of legacy that goes from person to person is significant and for me, uh, I have one of I, I call him a spiritual hero of the faith for me, and it was my cross country coach oh, yeah. when I was in high school. His name was Daryl Deedon, and uh, this was the first time I ever experienced someone who was so passionate about their faith and shared about Jesus um, in really cool and creative ways. I went to a public school, public high school, junior high and high school, so you know during school hours the teachers could not. Uh, publicly talk about faith. Sure, of course, right? yeah. Um, <coughs> but uh, our cross-country coach, Mr. Deedon, he would always teach us uh, lessons about faith through running metaphors and through, you know, just teaching us about endurance and mm-hmm. those kinds of yeah. things. It was just it was just amazing. So, uh, you know, for example, when he, he would teach us, I, I use this example a lot, uh, but... He would always tell us uh, that the race is won somewhere in the middle where nobody's watching. Oh, right. Yeah. And so then we started this conversation about integrity and what does that look like and faithfulness, you know, those kinds of things. And so um, in in those off hours after practice or before school, we we would go to his office and there was a group of us that would pray together. Oh, wow. uh, And he would just continue to teach us about faith and, and, uh, 
you know, running the race with endurance, you know, all of those kind of things. There's a lot of running more metaphors in the Bible, which yes. is great. But he was convinced that Paul was a runner. <laughs> we have no idea. It was kind of cool to think about that, right? Anyway. Maybe like from the Roman guards? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, he's yeah. like limping away because, you know, he's hurt a lot. Yeah. Uh, but, but so I had this really close relationship with Coach Deaton and he captured my fascination and my imagination and, yeah. and passions for me, not only for running, but for a deep integration of my faith in anything that I did. Yeah. Uh, and so it was tough because Coach Deaton got cancer and died when I was a sophomore. Mm. Yeah, it was really tough. I still uh, feel the emotion of yeah. that loss because it was probably one of the first significant, like, personal losses that I experienced. And yeah, that's a big um, one. Yeah. I just remember those last few days with him and some of the conversations that we had where he just told me never to give up, give up on my faith. Uh, yeah. Super wow. powerful. And, you know, he was a cross country coach in a little tiny town in yeah. as Turner, Oregon, uh, you know, which I mentioned in the message, Turner, Oregon, when I was growing up in Turner, Oregon was like a thousand people. So right. it's a very similar. Yeah. Uh, to Bethlehem, we had one stop sign. We, we had <laughs> one little market, uh, one burger place, which you should never eat at. Right, but we did. Yes, uh, <laughs> that's what you had. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. And so, and and yet, here is this man, this significant man who had tons of influence on my life, yeah. and has impacted the way you know that I I live day to day, and yeah. impacted I think the influence that I've uh, hopefully had other on others uh, and their faith. So it's just right. like. This is so powerful, this idea that God can move through unexpected places and unsuspecting people yes. like Bethlehem, like Mary and Joseph, like your youth pastors, mm-hmm. like Coach Deaton. Uh, yeah, I just love that. I think what's really remarkable about this is that when God uses these ordinary people, which is what God does, uh, that generally the people themselves have no idea the magnitude right. uh, in which God is working and how they how they will influence and how that will radiate and the ripple effect that that will have. We can't see that because that is uh, that's too far removed from our own right. uh, perception yeah. to, to understand. So your coach, who had this tremendous uh, influence and impact on you, um, uh, did not know. Uh, had no that, idea that you would go on uh, to faithfully serve the Lord, that yeah. you would go on to uh, to to preach and teach and uh, and and be a pastor and and um, and and that's you. I mean, think about all of the other students, all of right. the other athletes on his teams over the years, yep. and um, it, it, the the impact is immeasurable. Yeah, um, I think that's such a great point, and I think about that all the time because. You know, Coach Deaton, I tell stories about him and I, I use what he taught me to tell other people. Yeah. And because of, you know, because of the uh, opportunity I've had to be a pastor, I've had an opportunity to speak to lots of different people yeah. in lots of different settings and tell those stories. And I mean, yeah, Coach Deaton never would have thought that for gener- generations of other people would hear about him and his right. story and his right. faith and the way that it inspired me and others. I yeah. mean, yeah, so don't underestimate the impact that you have in other people's life, especially when you're being faithful to the Lord. Yes. Just it's incredible. It's like a, you know, like a you drop a, a pebble in the in the river or something yeah. and you, it's just the waves that just keep going out and out and out. Yes. Uh it's really fascinating. 
I think that faithfulness, I think you really hit uh, hit the mark there. I think that faithfulness is so, so, so important. A few years ago here at Crossview, we had the opportunity, and again, recently, actually, two different situations, to celebrate the birthday of a... Yes. Uh, uh, well, a few years ago, we... I'll just say it, because if, if you happen to be part of Crossview, you know these people that a few years ago, we celebrated um, the 90th birthday of Dick Rodland. Yes. And then a few weeks ago, the 90th birthday of Gerald Ford. And yeah. perhaps, perhaps again, if you are... Um, have been at Crossview for a while, you know those names, and faithful, faithful, faithful men. And the stories that were shared at both of those birthday parties were exactly what you've been saying, just this uh, faithful love and faithful service um, day in and day out, nothing huge, nothing that we would say, wow, this one singular event was, you know, he defused a bomb or something like that. (laughs) That's not what we're talking about. It is faithfully loving and serving and showing up and, uh, and being kind and, um, and being consistent. And, and those two men, I know that, uh, you know them as well. They have impacted this community and families in, in, just remarkable ways that just almost indescribable that yeah. um, the influence that they have have had in our church and communities and uh, families and so yeah um, and that happened through their faithfulness every day every day yeah. yeah and I just love the stories of scripture that's how God works I mean we kind of read this and we think I know we said this a couple of I think it was last year or the year before in in some of our advent messages but it's like you look at the way that that God comes to earth and you're like, God, you're doing it wrong. Right. Right. Like what's the deal with the little town and the farm animals and, you know, the feeding trough and like, shouldn't you like show up in the halls of power, right. right? And yeah. Rome or, or wherever it is in the, in the throne room of the Kings and the governors of the area and say, so there's a new way forward now. Right. Yeah. Like that's what we might say is the best way to do that. Right. That's it's not what God does. And over and over and over again, we see that story in Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like in our minds, we'd be looking at a map at a satellite and be like, there's the big red dot on Rome. And right. then Jesus shows up in this tiny, not even barely on the map, right. little dot of a town. Yeah. Um, and, it's and unexpected. Gathering outcasts and yes. unexpected people to be his main followers, right? People yes. who likely had failed the... The uh, education system, like the rabbi system of how it worked, they were all back in their trades, yeah. right? So uh, just normal, everyday, blue-collar working people. And yeah. those are the people that God chose uh, to to change the world with. I mean, just incredible. And we mentioned this in the sermon yesterday, but I think this, is, this was incredibly powerful to think through. We see this all the time. So I mentioned this chapter, <laughs> Romans chapter 16, which is this kind of crazy chapter doesn't get preached on a lot because it's just basically Paul um, writing a lot of greetings mm-hmm. and saying hi to a lot of people. Because it's a letter. <clears throat> it's a letter, yeah. yeah. And then uh, at the very end, near the end of this chapter, there's this fascinating uh, change here that happens. And I love this. This is so powerful to me. Because in, in Romans 16, this letter of greetings to all these different people in verse 22, uh, the person who's writing the letter for Paul says hi. Yeah. So he writes this, starting in verse 22. I, Tertius, the one writing this letter for Paul, send my greetings too as one of the Lord's followers. And then he goes on to say, Gaius says hello to you. He's my host who serves us and the whole church. And he says hi to a couple other people. And then he writes, uh, now all glory to God who is able to make you strong 
just as my good news says, this message about Jesus Christ uh, has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. Now, as the prophets foretold and the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory uh, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So it's so cool because this guy, Tertius, the guy who's writing the letter, uh, gets to say hello and essentially yeah. gives a little tiny summary of the gospel. Oh, yeah. He's like, if I've got the mic, I'm preaching. Yes. Yeah. So it's we don't see the power of this moment uh, because it's difficult for us to understand the, the language, even yeah. the word here. But his name, Tertius. Tertius. We're like, oh, maybe that's just like a normal name back then. Sure. No. That's not – It's it means literally – Third, this guy, the scribe here, was likely a slave all his life. Mm -hmm. And as a slave, did not get a name, had no name. He's just called third. And in a little bit later in the first paragraph, I didn't read it all, but in his greetings, he says hi to her brother, Quartus, or fourth. fourth. Wow. So you have these this moment where you have Paul. Like, it's Paul, right? Yeah. It's like <laughs> the... The guy who wrote tons of the New Testament, like, it's like Jesus and then Paul, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In the teachings of the church, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. But, but what we find in this powerful moment is that Paul's writing this letter, this really important letter of Romans, and he's saying hi, yeah. and then he stops, and he looks at the scribe, and he says, Tertius, you're a, you're a believer, you say hi. Yeah. And I wonder if that was like, what? I get to, I get to you know, put my name on this? right. So the, the slave who has no name, no dignity, no position, no power, gets to write to everyone for all time, for the future of all readers, a summary of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And the, and the book of Romans, my goodness. I mean, talk about some... <laughs> talk about some weight in the yeah. Christian church. There's a lot in there. That's the book that talks about everything and all yeah. of our... Uh, ways of salvation and everything. And so, wow, yeah. wow, what a postscript yes. for him to be able to add onto that. And I wonder, I wonder if he had had opportunity to put his uh, sort of pseudonym on anything before. Yeah. Uh, because he didn't have a name. He right. wasn't counted as worthy of having a name. And right. so he had to write out his, um, what he was called yeah. anyway. Yeah, just amazing. So it's, it's, it's another powerful example of the way that God does things yeah. uh, in unexpected ways with people who might seem small or who are powerless in society, but can have, I mean, generational impact yeah. through God. Wow. Wow. So thank you, Jesus, for not doing it our way, Amen. for not you know showing it up into the halls of power, but coming to this little town of Bethlehem, mm -hmm. thousand people or less, to Mary and Joseph and changing the world one person at a time using a bunch of no-named outcasts yeah. to do it all. Incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> yes. So I guess as we just end our podcast here for this week, just want to, I hope that's encouraging to you because, you know, we want to connect these, these ideas to the ad, our typical Advent themes. There's a lot of joy in that, that you can have that kind of relationship with the Lord. Yes where you can do something and it can have that kind of impact in the life of someone else. Yeah. And it doesn't have, you don't have to be Billy Graham, right. you know, with thousands and thousands of people coming to your, you know, your conventions or whatever. It, 
it can be uh, as meaningful uh, with the life change of just one person because of your faithfulness. Yes, absolutely. It can have generational impact. So be encouraged. Change how you see the world. Do something cool in the power of the Lord, knowing it takes all of us. It doesn't matter how much power influence you have. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's awesome. We could talk <laughs> so more good. about it forever, but yeah. Be encouraged this week. Blessings on you all. Thanks for listening.